Good morning. This is Josh Carr with The Real Angle, and today we're talking with Sean and Daryl Bourgeois about high yield, otherwise known as hard money lending. And um, let's get into it. How are you guys doing today? Fine. Fine and good morning. Excellent. Excellent. So one thing I always like to start with, uh, because I know the first thing anyone does is they just go to the internet. Uh, what is the name of your company and what is your web address? It's going to be NOLA Hard Money is the name of the company. And it's a very, very clever uh, web address, nolahardmoney.com. Beautiful. Thank you. I always like to get that out there because, again, that's the first thing anyone does on the Internet. So um, I on that's Daryl. So there you go. Sorry. Should have should have pointed that out. Should have pointed that out. Um, so where are you guys based? New Orleans. And I, I, I kind of know this already, but I'm betting that by the by the name of your entity, what what markets you're working in? We're big in the New Orleans market. We spread out from there a bit to Baton Rouge, but locally South Louisiana. We have some in Lafayette, Louisiana, so on and so forth. But for, for practical purposes in South Louisiana. Now, one of the reasons I wanted to speak with you guys today is I, I, I know a little bit about, you know, how you started. But why, why don't we talk a little bit about that? How did you get into doing high yield lending? The, the seeing the demand that was there and we started... We own a title company called Southern Title, and the title company started doing lots of, of hard money transactions for lenders, mostly based out of Utah, uh, Las Vegas, and California, and just seeing the yields they were getting and what the fees were and so forth on it, uh, we decided we could break into that market. We had already was collecting on what's locally known as bond for deeds, which were seller finance type transactions, but the title remains with the seller for security purposes. Uh, however, the contract is recorded and you get the deed upon payment when you make the last payment. We were deeply involved in that for years and years, and this kind of fits right in with the collection process. And yeah, we, we have a whole separate servicing company that just focus on uh, focuses on owner finance tra transactions. So, I mean, that's part of the, I would say one of the core differentiators we we have is just that, you know, having a title company that's, that's been in business for 45 years, plus a servicer that's been in business for what, 15, 20 years? About 15, 20 um, years, yeah. The hard money, um, you know, is it really rides on the back of those two because, you know, if someone comes to us to originate a deal, there's not a silo where we have to wait to check title and all sorts of things. We can pretty quickly figure out, is this a property that's going to be trouble or is this something that we're, we're interested in? And I'd imagine since you're pretty much sticking to your local market, you, you know, when someone throws an address in front of you, you have a pretty good idea of what's going on. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's kind of a, a mental map of the city in terms of, you know, what's the street we've closed there. So what's, what's happened recently, you know? Sure. And and by the way, the term bond for deed, I mean, that's not one I'm usually, that's not one I'm familiar with. That's a Louisiana thing? Is that a local? Basically, it can be found in several other states, but mostly you find it in Louisiana. Okay. I think the state of Minnesota uses that term as a few other states do. Don't they land, land contracts? I, kind of, it's very similar to land contracts, which are used a lot in Western states and okay. other states. So very similar if one's familiar with that. 
Yeah, I'm a, I'm a New York, New Jersey guy. And while I've worked in other markets, the main conclusion I've come to is every state kind of does its own thing. And uh, any assumptions I make about, well, surely this is the way it works is usually wrong. So it's uh, that's something that I think people who are not used to the commercial real estate business don't understand is that it's not just the old thing about location mattering, but every state really does do its own thing, you know, based on its history, its laws, its culture, et cetera. Well, even, even within a state, that's why we are, you know, pretty broadly Southeast Louisiana. We don't deal with North Louisiana that much. Not that we couldn't, but the risk increases so much, right? I mean, we, we like properties we can drive to, or we know something about the area, the market, you just you're making a big gamble that you can underwrite something that you've never laid eyes on and it's asset based right so you know the asset is everything so you know yeah the the state state specific even you know regionally specific details matter so so let's talk a little bit about what even high yield lending is for those who are not familiar with it i mean as a product how long like if you were to describe your typical loan, how long is that money out for? What kind of loan to value is it? Uh, give, give me some terms. Just well, an example of one I did yesterday, we did two fourplexes yesterday. And an example of that would be, uh, we did them 30-year amortized over 30 years. I did them with five-year balloons, which is unusually long. Usually it's quicker than that. The rate to the customer pay it is, is 13.75%. Of that 13.75, the investor who put up the money will get 12.25%. We will retain 1.5% as to, to, uh, to manage the loan from there on out. We collect for insurance, for taxes. We escrow currently in 90% in of cases, we escrow for insurance and taxes, and we will monitor that on behalf of the investor. And, and and I should note from an underwriting point of view, because um, we, we haven't covered this, but I mean, if you're mm -hmm. if you're doing a, a hard money deal, the whole point of the, the hard and the hard money is it's an asset based loan. Right. So it's not that the guy who you're giving the loan and tech and I should note this, we don't lend to individuals. And I think, you know, that's probably industry wide. One of the, the core differentiators, it's very rare to find a hard money loan given to a person just because you then step into a different regulatory regime Whereas if you're, you know, dealing right, because then they're a consumer, not an LLC, right. and you've got all kinds of other disclosures that kick right. in. So we don't, we don't get into that, and, and most people in the industry don't. So you're underwriting the asset, not that you don't take account of who your borrower is, but it's not a typical bank process where you're asking for three years of of you know financials and show me your credit score and this and that. If we have true worries about a, a customer, and in, in some cases, what we do is that you mentioned the bond for deed earlier, we could set up a deal so that essentially we own the property at the time we make the loan and their loan repayments buy it back is one way to think about it. So then you avoid, you sidestep the entire issue of uh, for foreclosure. So then if I'm a borrower who has a bankruptcy in my past or issues that just would normally scare the heck out of you, it really becomes a moot point. I may still do it. I may or may not do it. However, we capping our loans currently at 60% loan to value, number okay. one. So number two, we're making sure we have a very limited number of appraisers that, that we use, that I, that I trust and know. I also know very much locally with the market holes, 
I am licensed as a real estate broker. I have never practiced, but I have access to all the multiple listing services. Additionally, we have access to, we're members of the credit bureau. So, and we also, through the title company, I have access to all the civil cases. So I can research to see if the proposed uh, purchaser or borrower, are they very litigious people? Do they sue everybody? Do they get sued a lot? That takes me like three minutes to pull that up through, through the clerk's office and just see how many civil cases have been filed against this person. Or just as bad, how many civil cases has this person filed against someone? So we, we just tend to want to stay away from people like that. No, and that, and that makes sense. I mean, so th this sort of gets to the heart of why someone even goes to you in the first place, because, I mean, obviously paying 13 and change is not exactly bank money. These are people who they've got credit issues, they've got background issues, and uh, I guess they need to close quick. Yeah, well, close it quick, but I'll point something out. My clients, generally, it's not a credit issue. Almost 100%, they have the tax return issue. Uh, they're self-employed. So uh, by but the lender has to ask, ask for that tax return, it's either non-existent or, you know, they, they lose money consistently every year. No bank can touch them, right? right? It's the ability to pay. We overlook the ability to pay in most cases in, in that uh, we, we're basing it back to what Sean pointed out as a hard asset. So in a worst case scenario, I can go back to the asset and get my money back. So yeah. self-employed people is is if you took 99% of our customers, they're all self-employed. Got it. And, and and like every contractor, they try to have their business show a loss or right. whatever. Or that you, that's a big that's a big chunk of our business is contractors, yes. And if you see the, the the way we're underwriting through different avenues of trying to triangulate risk, right? This is one of the things I was mentioning earlier about the sort of uh, misperceptions in the market that, well, anyone can do this, right? You've got some extra cash in the bank. Just go write your own note and mortgage and bada bing, bada boom. You're sure, you made a loan. Right. I mean, sure, that's possible. But the reality is to do it and avoid, you know, losing your tail. There's actually a lot of moving parts with a lot of specialist knowledge sort of baked into each piece. And if you can't combine those or have a team that you bring to the table that can do all of those, you're taking a lot more risk than, than you may be aware of. So, so let me flip it around. What, what are, what are the kind of deals that you just run away from? Like what kind of assets won't you lend on from a hard asset standpoint? It, it's, sometimes it is based on, on, on the neighborhood. If the neighborhood is a declining neighborhood. Realistically it's private money. And if we just don't like the collateral and the collateral perhaps being, being where it's located, uh, we may just walk away from it, or we may just lower the loan the value dramatically and tell the client the best we're gonna do, take it or leave it, and 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 uh, so often uh, the client may 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 go look elsewhere and come back to us and take the reduced loan to to value collateral. Let me also bifurcate that question because I think there's couple answers that come off of it. One is if it's a cash out deal, it's simpler to figure out if we like it or we don't like it, right? Fair enough. And one of the okay. things in a cash out that, you know, 
won't give us uh, won't make us run, but we have to think more deeply about it. Is the building special purpose in any way? Where if we did get stuck with it, what the hell do you do with? I, I was going to ask that because certain yeah. buildings are operating businesses. Like a car wash is both a building and a business. So right. I would think taking back an apartment building, you can always find a buyer. Taking back a car wash, much easier. So we we've done some yeah. weird special yeah. purpose buildings. But... I've done I've done some churches, which which. Churches being not not churches fried chicken though, but but no church, no like, like church, a house, a house of worship yeah that sure. means they're they're single use facilities so the only one person's gonna bomb is another church. However, I lowered the loan the value to maybe fifty percent. Sure. And of course, when churches are notoriously difficult to finance at a bank, so they they come to us in to to uh to for these types of transactions. And having done numerous uh, churches along the way, uh, but but keeping it more at fifty percent, knowing that you know, I have a limited, perhaps purchaser in the future without major modifications to the building. Right, it's a church. It's a church. Yeah, no, it's funny. I mean, and it's also I'd imagine that for a lot of more traditional lenders like banks, uh, they're just worried about the headline risk of being the one that forecloses on a church. Whereas if you're a private lender. You know, yeah. not that you're looking to, but if you have to, you will. It's it's God it's must a, have willed it, Josh. Sorry, I said God must have willed it. Yeah, I, you know, it's 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 always interesting to me. You yeah, know, I I you mentioned special purpose facilities. Uh, it's always interesting with churches because I've seen like old movie theaters get turned into churches or stuff like that. And I mean, maybe it could go the other way. But yeah, there's a limited demand once you have a church. Of what else well, are you gonna do with it? Let me finish the, the thought on the, the other side of the bifurcation, construction deals, fix and flips, okay? Mm. That's its own universe. And for some reason, when you go to the national conferences, it's the thing that they focus on. I think it is the market in places, you know, in certain parts of the country, it's all fix and flip. Sure. That's even worse, much harder, much, uh, many more moving parts, things you really have to get right to, to not screw up. When people bring us really complex deals where, and this one has made us walk away, I can think in memory of two or three recently, where um, the acquisition price was good, we just didn't believe the renovation costs that were presented to us, right? They're telling me you're you're gonna you're gonna renovate this huge building for some number that makes no sense, or and this one, my my father's big on we absolutely won't do it. I'm going to be my own GC. You can trust me. These figures are rock solid. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's <laughs> no, no, That's no. Right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, those are the kinds of con conditions that you would absolutely want red red flags all, all over. Um, and, you, you know, we probably wouldn't do much beyond a, a cursory glance at it. You know, if, no, if you it, haven't taken the trouble to do get a real GC and actually understand what it takes to get a building back into production, forget it. So, so let me, another question I have, I mean, interest rates have obviously spiked. I mean, you know, I think seems to be the smart money is that, you know, treasuries have gone about as high as they're going to go. Um, your interest rates, frankly, are kind of high to start with. Uh, does the fluctuation of the treasuries really matter that much to you or are you because you're so far above treasuries anyway? Is it, it does it have less of an impact on what you do? No, but when we're raising money, keep in mind. You can go to a bank right now and, and, and get 7% in a checking account and have that guaranteed by the government. So 
for a long time, we you were getting 1% from the bank, or 0.1%, I should say. It was nothing. It was nothing. Uh, right. So it was so easy. We were paying the investor at that point, usually 11%, 10 to 11% on average. So now uh, they can keep their money at, at in the bank at seven and feel very comfortable. So we had to bump our yield to, to lure people into uh, funding some of these transactions on, on it. And so far, so good. We, you know, the bump kind of works, but yet we're doing commercial closings for banks where the bank is funding at 10% right now on it. We have, so, so we're not that far out the ballpark on okay. commercial loans, not long-term residential, but commercial. But we'll, but we can execute the loan in you know ten percent of a of a typical bank deal, right? Time, 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 time wise, we can do it if we had to in one day, which right. which no one else in town can touch. Right, because again, since you have the integrated title company and everything else, everything's already essentially in one room. Yeah. No, that that's that's definitely interesting. It's um the 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 time the timing issue is something which we've sort of danced around on, but I think that also is a major issue here uh, or major benefit of high yield lending is the ability to just close quickly. Um, there was one other thing I wanted to ask on, we talked about interest rates. Uh, I'm sure it'll come back to me. So, oh, I remember what I was about to ask. So we, we've talked about investors. Generally, I guess each loan is financed like you, you raise money for each deal, basically, right? There's each. not some big fund or something no. like that. Okay. Each deal is individual, yes. And they, is that, the loan. that investor owns the loan. So you're really a servicing company at that point. We are servicing, yes. Okay. So it's a not like they put in 90% of the money you put in 10. You're really just it depends. So, the capital. No, yeah, sometimes we do. Yeah, you know, you sometimes do. we miss mix and match investors. You got 30%, you got 40%, and, and I may keep the rest. Okay. So it, every every deal is different. Got it. Got it. And then obviously the investor gets paid back and then ideally you harvest the money and put it into the next one. And right. There's a constant churn of, you know, money in and out. And that's sort of what keeps the machine growing. Our investor can go online 24 seven and view all of the accounts show up on one page nice. with the percentage they own, uh, principal interest, every, all, every detail you can dream of is on log in 24 seven. And you can view all of your accounts. It's interesting. No, it's an interesting business model. So, so as far as sort of growth plans, I mean, you know, uh, it sounds like you're generally moving in the right direction. So, plans for the next year, the next three years, the next five years. Make your book of business bigger. Go to different markets. What's kind of the the vision, if you will? Hmm. Well, I'm going to have to defer that to Sean since <laughs> I'm 70 years old. <laughs> My you're not, you're not planning 20 years out? Okay, fair no, enough. Fair no, enough. No, but at the moment, uh, we're steady. And, and of course, as the uh, as the real estate market goes, the demand for hard money loans has never uh, slowed down. Uh, it's, it's a matter of spending the time to analyze the deal up front. And I have probably 15 on my desk that to analyze as we speak. Usually I have an issue running out of cash or having the cash readily available when I need it becomes a, a, 
uh, more more of the issue of immediate funding on on on, on transactions. Yeah, I mean, put it this way: growth is. I don't think we chase growth for growth's sake. We try and you know, as a family-run business, we're pretty good stewards of people's money. So if it was the choice between doing a deal that we were iffy about or not doing it, we're not going to do it. And I think that's a pretty different mindset than it might be if we were a you know a company that was grow at all costs to show revenue to the bottom line. We we also have a sort of reputational risk that we run if we get too far in front of ourselves, right? Sure. And most of my funds come from uh, out of someone's four retirement accounts. So I'm very, very, very cautious about they take some risk because without risk, there's no reward. Okay. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. However, having said that, I'm also, these are all people that, that, uh, that, you know, in the community, I know and belong to organizations. They, they were so I, we that we we pride our reputation and things uh if something were to go wrong uh you know i feel like i'm i'm personally responsible for all of it no and and you know it's 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 nice to hear i mean it it's it's funny i mean i think we came through a window of time where uh, the the during the cheap money phase there were a lot of people who were saying i'm going to you know take this kind of crackpot idea and make it a multi-billion dollar mega project thing you know be it you know i think everybody was like i'm gonna build the next uber you know and no knock on the uber people but like most of us just want to run successful businesses and more than worry about you know having documentaries made about us um yeah it's good stuff it's good stuff um last couple questions um i imagine i mean your your market's not huge i imagine like who's your competition is it other high yield lenders in the market are there any nationals in your market where's really more nice? more nationals would be the the real competition on it okay. but they still they move at a snail's pace still interestingly they advertise almost all of them advertise hard money lending but they want copies of tax returns they want credit reports uh they, they it's it, it's a long they they often take 30, 40 days, despite what they tell you uh, when you make the application to process the loan. On the other hand, when I look at the appraisal, I could probably give you an answer that day uh, uh, on it within within hours. And and I'm a little backed up now, but some, most of these that came in on Friday, I haven't looked at, but I probably got six or eight at least in the inbox right now, if not more uh, from Five from one got loan, so actually maybe fifteen. But anyhow, we we give you a quick a quick turnaround time. No, that's great stuff. Cool. Well, look, this has been very constructive. I think it's fun for people to hear a little bit about the the hard money side of the universe because it's not something that I think a lot of people understand. And uh, you know, I, I I know I've worked with hard money guys because you get a commitment from a bank, and then somewhere between signing the contract and closing, the bank sometimes ceases to exist. That has happened, you know, and having a commit from from a bank that gets taken over by the FDIC isn't really worth the paper it's written on. So then what do you do? Um, yeah. And I and I throw that out there because I think a lot of times when people talk about hard money, there's this image of hard money. And I, I don't think they understand that it does serve a legitimate role in the marketplace. There, yeah, there, I mean, there's a, a place for high yield quick money. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the speed of closing for many people can be the difference between making a deal work and not. They can always take us out in two years, right? We we don't want to be in the loan for five years. We I, I told a guy yesterday, he was looking for 10-year 10, 10 money. I said, it's much cheaper from the bank. Use us for two or three years, stabilize, and then take us out. Right. It's, it's a, a much more logical way to to use us and frankly makes sense for everybody. And that's yeah. that's our, our role, cool. you know? So look, I think this has been very constructive. I, I'm going to say, unless anyone has any closing thoughts, I'm I'm good. Any anything else you want to throw out there? No. 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 Beautiful. Well, then, thank you very much for your time. And again, for everyone listening, hopefully you found this constructive. And we'll be back again in another week. Thanks again, guys. Much. Thanks, Josh. Bye. 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 Bye.